Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte retains the one-meter physical distancing in public transport. The Philippines will remain under a state of calamity until next year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And U.S. Supreme Court justice and feminist icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg passes away. Good afternoon. I'm Rain Musni. Dateline Philippines weekend begins right now. The required distancing in public transport here in the Philippines will remain at one meter. That's the decision of President Rodrigo Duterte days after transport officials eased the physical distancing policy to 0.75 of a meter. They later suspended the rule as health experts and commuters alike raised safety concerns. Malacanang says Duterte carefully considered the recommendations of health experts and other local leaders who offered differing views on the matter. President Duterte extends the state of calamity in the Philippines until September 12, 2021. Duterte initially declared a six-month state of calamity last March 16th, just as he placed the country's most populous island, Luzon, under lockdown to control the spread of the virus. Yung mga local na pangalahan, so pwede na pwede na gamit yung ilang mga um, calamity funds. At uh, siyempre po, yung mga provision ng Bayanihan 1 and 2 ay iiiral na po dahil uh, marami pong requirements doon sa Bayanihan 2 na nangangailangan ng state of calamity. Despite having the longest lockdown in the world, the Philippines continues to report thousands of COVID-19 infections each day. On Friday, the country saw an additional 3,200 new cases. This brings a total to nearly 280,000, the highest in Southeast Asia. Despite the rising number of COVID cases in the Philippines, a group of doctors and concerned citizens call for an end to the social restrictions in the country. But the health department asserts lifting lockdowns must be done with caution. Rafael Bosano reports. A group of doctors and concerned citizens wants the government to lift all quarantine restrictions in the Philippines. Former Philippine Health Secretary Jaime Galvestan argues instead of lockdowns, a national protocol to prevent COVID-19 infections is what the country needs at this point in the pandemic. Prophylaxis for preventing COVID is really eating fruits and vegetables, sleeping eight hours a day, ensuring that you have you are hydrated. Yun ang talagang protocol. Mismo yung nagtatanim, ano pa, paano siya makakapagtanim kung lockdown ng lockdown, di ba? Tan adds, the lockdowns have lingered long enough which have greatly affected not just the economy, but also the public. We are saying that 
it is a true strong action of national government. Leave all the lockdowns to really come out with the economy by instituting a preventive program, a program on good nutrition and health and wellness, you can actually prevent COVID from spreading. Ang problem natin, we have been always focused on the lockdowns, we have always been focused. And the lockdown was good during the early times, but now it's been seven months and we're still on lockdown and our economy is not moving. Yung mga ating mga workers wala pa rin trabaho. But another group says while they are not against the proposal, the balance between health and the economy must be ensured. The Healthcare Professionals Alliance Against COVID-19 was the group who appealed to President Rodrigo Duterte to revert Metro Manila's quarantine status to enhance community quarantine because of the still rising numbers of COVID cases. Yung uh, buhay at kabuhayan, we're no longer thinking about that as a dichotomy, that we have to choose between one and the other. Kasi pwede naman talagang maging uh, magkasaba yung dalawang yun. And the goal is really just to be able to achieve that particular uh, opening of the economy in a very safe manner without overwhelming the health capacity. For the health department, removing lockdowns must be done with utmost caution. The agency adds if this is hurried, the gains of government may just be put to waste. Rafael Bosano, ABS-CBN News. The Subic Bay Freeport Zone in Olongapo City now open to tourists. Subic Bay Metropolitan Authority Administrator Wilma Aisma calls for the move an important step in jump-starting the economy, which plunged into recession due to the coronavirus pandemic. But residents of Metro Manila and other areas under general community quarantine will still be required to obtain a travel pass from their police precincts. Aisma adds those who wish to stay longer in the area will be required to get swab tests or RT-PCR tests. We have what we call uh, pro health protocol marshals in pretty much every establishment. Kung kayo po'y pupunta naman dito ng one day lang or overnight, a uh, health certificate mm. or an itinerary kung saan po kayo iikot, Para lamang po malaman namin at masiguro namin ang inyong safety. Ngunit kung magtatagal po tayo dito ng mga three days, two nights, kasi po bukas na po ang mga beaches natin, uh, bukas po ang mga hotel, kakailanganin po namin ng swab test uh, for PCR. Meron naman po tayong PCR test lab dito sa atin, uh, hmm. sa Subic. Well, the Philippine Technical Education and Skills Development Authority calling for more budget to expand the reach of its livelihood training programs. Deputy Director General Aniceto Bertiz explains TESDA needs to procure more equipment for its blended programs. He also notes the agency saw a jump in enrollees amid the pandemic. Nobody is expecting this, uh, ever expected this uh, COVID-19. So, lalong-lalo na po yung mga OFW natin na aabot na po sa mahigit 300,000 yan by December. Siyempre, uh, kailangan din po natin silang paghandaan. Yung mga ibang uh, gusto pong pumasok ng kolehyo sana itong taon na to, ay ninais po nilang uh, mag-take ng mga skills training. Kasi nga, mas, mas marami, marami na pong napapakinabangan or kumikita sa kanilang mga tahanan. Tulad po nung ating sinusulong na urban farming, organic farming.
Testa is currently offering over 70 courses online, which include training in high-demand industries like construction, agriculture, and healthcare. It also recently launched its free contact tracing training program to help supply the government's job order for 50,000 contact tracers. The Philippines has an international and legal obligation to address human rights concerns. That statement coming from the Commission on Human Rights as the Philippine government plays down the threat of the European Union to revoke the country's trade parks due to alleged human rights abuses. They are open to that, um, uh, that mode or that platform. They should also be open to the EU raising these legitimate concerns within the program of cooperation mm. uh, agreement with the EU and the Philippines. So um, uh, raising human rights issues anywhere in the world will actually, um, should actually allow the Philippines to also engage in those issues and um, uh, to, to ensure that their obligations to human rights will be met um, in any platform. Anyone is in a right position to be able to question governments on how they conduct their, their affairs, if it affects human rights, especially if it actually reflects on uh, the human rights situation um, anywhere in the world. The EU is the Philippines' fourth largest trading partner. Manila's generalized scheme of preferences plus status provides free tax entry to Europe of more than 6,000 products from the Philippines. Amid the European Parliament's warning, the Philippine government says it is working on a human rights program with the United Nations. Ambassador Evan Garcia, the Philippines' permanent representative to the UN Human Rights Council, shares the government is in talks with the UN resident coordinator in Manila. This to create a framework that would support national efforts to uphold human rights. The Departments of Justice and Foreign Affairs, together with other Philippine agencies like the National Police Force, are included in the consultations. Garcia says the government's priorities are to strengthen the country's rule of law, accountability and human rights mechanisms. A word war over the Philippine House speakership erupts following a debate on infrastructure budget allocations for lawmakers. Deputy House Speaker El Rey Villafuerte claims it was the speakership race that led colleague Arnolfo Tevez Jr. to question the biggest or bigger infra-budget allotted to Villafuerte's province and House Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano's hometown, Taguig. Villafuerte says... Tevez is allied with former Congressman Alfredo Benitez, who wants to be a kingmaker to Lord Alan Velasco. Velasco is the congressman poised to succeed Cayetano under a term-sharing deal they both agreed on last year. Benitez says Villafuerte's accusations are baseless. He urges his fellow lawmaker to answer why the national government should provide a bigger infra-budget to his district. The House Appropriations Chairman, meanwhile, refutes allegations of anomaly in the budget allocation. 
karamihan doon, FLRA. Kaya kumpaga, hindi mo siya masasabi ng project. Kasi yun yung mga last year na project na hindi na mapunta sa, sorry, this year pala na 2020. Kaya ang nangyari, sir, may mga correlator release, hindi nagay po sa 2021. Kung titingnan mo ang new projects ng tagi, hindi po siya ganun kalaki dahil especially yung mga bangko, yung mga bases po, eh, na mga PSP, eh, nakakarga po lahat yun. As the world celebrates the International Coastal Cleanup Day today, Saturday, Filipinos are doing their part. Volunteers gathered at the Manila Bay Saturday morning to pick up trash surrounding the shore. Social distancing and health protocols were strictly observed. Meanwhile, the local government of Manila has temporarily opened to the public the controversial white sand area of Manila Bay. Visitors can take pictures and walk along the area until Sunday. COVID-19 deaths around the world are nearing the 1 million mark. According to the World Health Organization, fatalities are averaging around 50,000 weekly, a figure which is described as unacceptably high. But it also sees a plateauing of global deaths as well as infection rates. It says the figures were masking surges at lower regional and local levels. This pandemic has a long way to burn in our society. It is not burnt out. It is not burning out. It is not going away. Uh, and uh, especially for those countries entering their winter season, in terms of people coming together more indoors, there is a lot of work to do uh, in order to avoid amplification events, drive down transmission of this epidemic, protect uh, the opening of schools, and protect the most vulnerable in our society from severe disease and death. The COVID-19 pandemic has infected more than 30 million people around the world. 20.6 million have recovered. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson seeing a possible second wave of coronavirus infections in the country. Parts of the UK are seeing acute spikes prompting the reimposition of COVID-19 measures early this week. Johnson says the government will continue to monitor the situation amid speculations there will be fresh national lockdown restrictions. But he maintains what's important now is that the public will continue to observe the basic health protocols. Obviously, we're looking very carefully at uh, the, uh, the spread of the the pandemic as it, as it evolves over the, uh, over the last few days. And there's no question, as I've said for, for several weeks now, that we could expect, and we are now seeing uh, a second wave uh, coming in. We've seen it in, in France, we've seen it in Spain, across, across Europe. It's been absolutely, uh, I'm afraid, inevitable that we would see it in this country. Britain has 388,000 infections and nearly 42,000 deaths. U.S. Supreme Court justice and feminist icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. The Supreme Court says Ginsburg died at her home in Washington due to complications of metastatic pancreas cancer. She was 87 years old. 
Ginsburg was the second woman to ever serve as a justice on America's highest court after being appointed by then-U.S. President Bill Clinton in 1993. She struggled against blatant sexism throughout her career as she climbed to the pinnacle of her profession. She has since become a pop culture heroine in the next generation of women in the U.S. and the world. A private interment service will be held for her at the Arlington National Cemetery. Tributes pouring in for Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Clintons take to social media to thank Ginsburg for paving the way for women and for showing the importance of voicing out dissent. U.S. President Donald Trump, meanwhile, says he's saddened by the passing of Ginsburg, whom he described as an amazing woman. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. I'm actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden also lauds Ginsburg for standing up for America while changing the law of the land to provide equality for women in every field. You know, tonight and in the coming days, uh, we should focus on the loss of her, the justice and uh, her enduring legacy. But there is no doubt, let me be clear, that the voters should pick the president and the president should pick the justice for the Senate to consider. The White House flag is lowered a half-mast in honor of the late Supreme Court justice. And we're looking at live pictures there from Washington, D.C. And that's the Eightline Philippines Weekend. I'm Rain Musni. Thank you so much for joining us. Keep it here on ANC.